Welcome to the final episode of the Insecurity Project podcast for 2022. Now look, if you're thinking about getting me something for Christmas, uh, all I'd really like is a review or a rating. That'd be fantastic, lovely. Always helps when people find a bit of social proof that others are enjoying some content. So if you're so inclined and feeling particularly festive and generous, that'd be lovely. I've just finished three back-to-back two-day retreats with clients uh, on my farm, which has been just a, a beautiful experience because when we first built that cottage uh, on the land that we dreamed about owning since you know Kat and I first got married, we'd always thought one day this would be an incredible place to host clients and uh, the luxury of not having to rent it out, being able to afford to have that vacant and available to then offer uh, was a dream that just was a long way off when we first built the house. But anyway, um, that dream came to fruition this week, last week, when I had three clients, one after the other, come and do some two-day retreats. And it just really suits some people to do the work in one block, uh, just to that the luxury of time and space to be able to dive into areas that have previously been off-limits. Uh, it's just a lovely experience. And so... Uh, I think the, the overriding experience for me watching these three go through the process was a reminder that your deepest fears are always based on a simple misunderstanding and it doesn't feel like that but if you're willing to begin with courage to examine those misunderstandings and misconceptions and just begin with the possibility that what if that's not true? What if you've made a mistake? What if you are wrong? And that is courage. I, I, there's no other way to describe it because it feels true and to look at it is terrifying because to look at something you think is bad runs the risk of confirming that it is actually as bad as you thought or even worse. So to have an underlying fear and assumption that there's a problem with you and then turn and face that rather than running and hiding, that requires a, an extreme amount of courage Uh, However, it's just courage to start the process because when you get close, you realize that there's a a little child who's been been held to pay for those assumptions. And when you get even closer, you realize there's no way that could be true. That child has been falsely accused. You have misunderstood what's wrong with that child based on some behavior that got them embarrassed or hurt or disappointed or rejected from the world. And then you've thought about that and personalized that against yourself and then doubled down on those assumptions and created a narrative and then a map to live out of and it's become your truth but if you're willing to have a look it's never true it's a misunderstanding and so it is great it is an act of great kindness to go back and have a clean look and to rescue a hurted hurted a hurt and wounded child which is you so watching three courageous and kind lovely individuals do that work was was glorious and and more glorious because it was happening on on the space that we've created for that to happen on our farm so i am i am offering three of those retreats in january and february if that sounds like a particular format that could suit you um reach out and let me know so this is the last episode for the year and you won't hear from me again until um, mid-January I imagine maybe a little bit earlier or later depending on what is stirring in my heart but next year is going to be fantastic 
um, lots lots more content and conversations and I, I think you've felt this as I have felt this that this podcast continues to improve in the quality and the uh, the clarity with which this message the message that you can actually eradicate insecurity from your life is presented so I'm sure you'll find more of that next year uh, early next year I've just just actually planned a trip to the US uh, booked my tickets this week so I'll be in Las Vegas speaking at a conference from the 20th to the 23rd of March and then at an event in Austin, Texas on the 24th. So you, if you're in the US and you are near Vegas or Austin, it'd be amazing to connect and, and uh, reach out if you want information for those events. The fun of this trip is I'm getting to take my son, Elliot, my 16-year-old boy, who is definitely 16 now. Um, if, if that isn't funny to you, then go back and listen to a few of the previous episodes. Definitely 16, I can verify that. Look, you can have a look at his birth certificate if you like. There's no problems. He's coming with me, which is, is great. So we're getting to see a Lakers game. Uh, we're going to drive through the desert to Vegas. We're going to see the Grand Canyon. Uh, and really excitingly, my brother and his wife run an orphanage in Guatemala and have done for um, you know over 15 years. And we're getting to visit them and, and see the amazing work they're doing there. Uh, so, yeah, it's so cool to be able to combine work and play and to, to bring my boy on the trip. So to wrap up the year, there's a really important idea that I think you'll find useful in terms of reviewing the experiences of your life. If you're going to have courage and kindness to go back into your world and explore the structure of how you've become the person you've become, you know, and if you can just think about that clearly, the person you've become is a persona to meet needs and protect fears. It's not actually who you are, by the way. So this idea of who am I really often will take you back in your mind and you'll try and answer that by observing the way you behaved and the things that people have said about you. That's not who you are. That's just a reflection of the persona or personas you've created at certain times in your life to meet needs and protect fears. So if you're willing to go back and examine the construction of those personas and when you first wrote the scripts for those ways of being, then uh, that's a beautiful gift to give yourself. Now I find people get stuck in the in the detail around the specifics and feel like they can't remember where they they started those stories. They don't know the defining moments offhand, and and that makes sense because you've only got a couple of gig in the hard drive in your conscious mind, and so it wouldn't make sense to be able to remember all the minutia of the very you know the the details of your childhood and all that's contributed to that. You don't have room for that. But unconsciously, there's terabytes of storage space and it's all catalogued there very precisely somewhere. So it, it is there. You just don't have access to it. Uh, and if you don't have the tools to deal with it, then it makes sense you don't have access to it because why would it serve you to bring memories up that are difficult and have created narratives that have limited you if you don't know how to change those narratives? So it's more likely they are stored away and catalogued so that you can't find them. So don't think you're special if you don't remember the origins of your defining moments. But they are there, and they are there before you're seven. That's the, all, all the research would suggest. By the time you're seven, you've pretty much made up your mind about who you are. And then you just double down on that and find evidence that that is true and those assumptions are correct. So the thought I want to give you today, if, you, if you're beginning the process of reviewing and you don't think you can remember the specifics, uh, it turns out you don't actually even need to remember that imagination and generalization is enough to get the process started. And here's what I mean. 
if you were to piece together just the general awareness of the experience you had as a child and whether you've got a good memory or not you do know who your parents were well I assume perhaps that's not entirely true for every single person but even if you don't know who your actual parents were you will have known who were the people who were involved in raising you you know where where you lived you know the schools you went to you know some or all of the people you met along the way and so if you were to piece that information together as a as a straight line and see it as a movie and see it as a movie with you not as the main character i.e you are watching the experiences of your life happen to somebody else then that would be very very useful for you to piece together some ideas about why it is you are the way you are in terms of your beliefs about yourself so if you were to watch somebody else have the similar experience you've had and then just imagine what it would be like to be them imagine what they would have felt when they went through certain experiences and then you've had a lot of time being a human being and in that time you've formed an incredible amount of generalizations i.e when people say terrible things to you it does not feel good that's a generalization that is generally true there are times where children have had terrible things spoken to them and and in some miracle which i I think is an apt word have found a way not to personalize it and not to take it on board or not to agree with it but generally speaking in a space of limited awareness and limited emotional intelligence and maturity a child will assume an adult is telling the truth and so when an adult says something bad about them that child will tend to agree rather than disagree it makes more sense for them to agree rather than stand up on their own against the world Um, you know not many children have the capacity to sustain an individual independent journey all on their own it's likely they're going to agree with the tribe agree with the key people in their world but the point is they are agreeing don't don't lose sight of their part your part in the process of creating the narrative so to recap, to imagine this, your life, the pieces you do remember, is happening to somebody else and you're watching it using your imagination and then to generalize. Okay, if a child had their parents separate when they were three or four, that child would not enjoy that experience. No child would enjoy that experience. If a child, you know, back to Matthew Perry's experience, Matthew, if you're listening, try this exercise. So if another child was, uh, you know, put on a plane with an unaccompanied minor sign around their neck to fly across the country and no adult was there to to explain them you could use a generalization to know that no child in that experience will think that's fun that child will find that difficult and you could also generalize that that child has an awareness of the fact that they are not like everybody else they can't see any other child having that experience and so the generalization would be they can't help but feel that they are implicit in that, that that is somehow a reflection of them. And further on, you could imagine that child flying over the country, looking down at all the homes and imagining that every other child is with their parents except them. And that experience, to generalize that, would not feel fun and it would be likely that they would personalize it against themselves. So turns out you have got enough resources as an adult to begin the process of reflection on your past and the deconstruction of what you told yourself even if you don't remember the exact specific details even if you're not acutely aware of the structure of when you got the pen and paper 
and decided things were true or not true about you and the exact agreements. You could guess. You could guess. And guessing is enough for you right now. So that might be all you need to hear right now. That You might just need to stop the podcast right now and just go guess some stuff. Just go imagine. But uh, I, I think that is such a fun way to do this exercise and uh, lets you know you have what you need already to begin. You don't need to wait for some specific memory to pop up. Um, as you do this, I promise you there will be some specific things and there'll be some things you didn't even imagine that are still there. That's all part of the deep dive. But to get started, imagination and generalization is all you need. Have fun with that. Honestly, have fun. And and it is fun when you start to use this stuff and it gives you results because those results are pleasurable. Those results get you more of what you want in the world. And then because they're pleasurable, they get reinforced and you want to do those again. So typically people have a lot of angst associated with self-awareness and doing this work. And so there's pain associations and whatever you link pain to, you avoid. But you get a few wins, have some fun, it feels pleasurable, and then you want to do more and more of it. Hope that's useful. So imagination, generalization, and as the title suggests, the seven secrets of magic is how I'd like to end this year and this episode. So my favorite book this year by a long way is The Magician's Way by William White Cloud. Thank you, Miranda, for recommending recommending that to me. It was just such a timely book and a book I've, I've read a number of times this year and gifted a number of times and recommended to others a number of times. And so I just want to, to read the summary of this book at the back, which is a, just a, a quick, precise um, recap of each of the seven secrets of magic and then I'll just share with you why what that secret means to me and how I've applied it this year seven secrets of magic by William William Whitecloud thank you William if you're listening for writing this book I really appreciate your work in the world the first secret your thoughts and feelings aren't real Your thoughts and feelings are expressions of your underlying assumptions at any moment, not reflections of actual reality or what is truly possible. This will blow your mind if you understand this. So thoughts and feelings, they're not actually true, they're real. They are assumptions, reflections of your assumptions, and particularly the worst assumptions that you can't trust your nature. So you've had experiences of life where you've shown up in your natural state and it's gone badly for you. And so then you've made an assumption that you can't afford to just show up as yourself ever again. It's now you plus or minus something. In order to succeed, you'll have to add or subtract something to your natural state. So the dilemma is you don't trust yourself. You don't trust yourself to be you. This this language, you've heard me talk a lot about trusting your nature. That's come from William Whitecloud. And Although William and I have a deep disagreement around the application of this because he would suggest you can start trusting your nature from now. You don't need to go back into the past. Just start trusting now. Just assume you're fine. Assume that you can have all that you want and your nature's fine and then live out of that assumption. Uh, I'm confused by that. How could that actually work? It wouldn't work in any other relationship. You can't just trust a person without deconstructing the reason you thought they were dangerous in the first place and repairing the damage of that danger all the way back to the first time that danger was caused and effectively apologizing to each other and and then creating a clean space you can't 
if you just say you trust a person without actually accepting an apology or cleaning the space, you don't really trust them. You are guarded toward them. So I think if you can take that principle, your thoughts and feelings are just, they're not real. They're just a reflection of the fact that you don't trust yourself. You don't trust your nature. You, don't, you can't rest. You feel like you have to always be earning and doing and proving and fighting and forcing because if you rest, then your natural state will take over and ruin things. So if you can realize that's not actually true, that your natural state is fine uh, and you can trust yourself, then you can have whatever you want. I'm convinced you've got to go back though. Uh, the second secret, your focus creates your reality. Your experience in life is determined by what you put your attention on. If you focus on end results, you inevitably attract what you want. If you focus too much on what you have to do to get what you want, you end up attracting your doubts, fears and beliefs extraordinary so this is used frequently in the world of peak performance sport and golf is a great example of this or or you know probably all sports really if you pay attention you focus on what you want that's where your attention is then that's where your action goes in driving if you pay attention to what you don't want i.e don't hit the tree don't hit the tree don't hit the tree um, you know motorbike riding when i learned my to get my p's that was a big part of the actual structure of the, the class when you're going around a corner see the exit see where you want to be not paying attention on the guardrail or the car coming or where you don't want to go because where your attention goes where your focus goes your body your bike will follow you so the second secret is your focus it's your focus that creates your reality so pay attention to what you want now that's a, a simple but profound idea and uh, one of my clients this week uh, had a revelation about this in her own life and knew some language that I hadn't heard before, which was so precise and so profound uh, that it's worth sharing. So she said, um, for her, she had this realization that she has to be really clear about what she wants and, and pay attention and focus on that and then actually expect to receive it. Not just, ah, oh, this is a dream, this is a hope, this is a wish. No, no, I've, I can see the result. And because I can see it so clearly, I actually expect to experience this. Now, that is how magic happens. It also doesn't guarantee that everything works out perfectly the way you want. But there is no other way that you will achieve extraordinary results. I, you, you've probably heard me talk about the fact that I would uh, hoped my leverage book was going to win the best personal development book in Australia this year in the Business Book Awards and I'd submitted that some time ago when the awards were announced a couple of weeks ago and all I expected to have happen was that book be read out as the prize winner and it didn't I don't know I don't know what happened but I was a finalist sure top four out of 27 in the category uh, didn't win and much to my horror it, it definitely reminded me of being in town for where I'd focused on the result I wanted in, in terms of winning the marathon and expected to receive that and then when I didn't absolutely devastated and discouraged uh, and disillusioned and disappointed and, and that all belongs too that's all part of the magic experience because that's the full full experience of being a human being and, and then when you focus on what you want and don't get it there's an, an a thoughts and feelings that overwhelm you and then back to back to first secret your thoughts and feelings aren't actually real so whatever happened in that experience, whatever was outside your control there that didn't 
eventuate you getting what you want isn't actually a reflection of your true nature it's not it's not actually a reflection of what is genuinely possible in any moment so don't let it define you don't let it settle in your bones don't let it tell you anything about who you are stay focused on what it is that you want stay connected to that as the reality and keep, and you will keep creating magic the third secret everyone has a heart having a heart means that you do have dreams that there are things you love things that are deeply important to you an inherent part of the human journey is that at some point you end up putting more energy into protecting your heart than following it oh, such profound and beautiful words I, I say to people all the time that to desire is human and so a central part of the hero's journey is the hero must have a quest must have a vision and often people think they don't know what they want but that's to forget secret three everyone has a heart you've forgotten you have a heart and your heart has desires your heart knows what it wants to listen to lean in to treat yourself like you have a heart and to treat others like you have a heart to speak from your heart to their heart opens a channel of communication that is pure every time like you will never regret listening to your heart especially if you can trust your nature especially if you understand who you really are that then in line with this third secret treating yourself and others like a heart like you have a heart opens a deep and connected way of living to all things that is that is purely magic that's the only way of describing it the fourth secret there is never anything to do but always action to take action is about taking direct steps based on the obvious toward creating what you want sorry action is about taking direct steps based on the obvious toward creating what you want doing is about fulfilling certain conditions you believe are necessary before you can get what you want there's never anything to do but action to take take the obvious action when you are focused on the results take the obvious action an example just this week so i i booked the tickets to the us now as with all my best experiences in life they happen off the back of a vacuum they happen off the back of a focus vacuum to pay attention on how this ends on where i end up on what it is that i want and then to see that as though it is true and to expect that that is the actual reality of my life and then to take the obvious action in line with that vision and so i had a, a just i woke up three days ago with an insatiable desire to drop into a, a meditation and i so i used my favorite wim hof and sam harris and chakra meditations and uh, the breath work led me into this, this beautiful experience and i just felt so aligned with who i am and what i'm doing in the world and i got out of there going okay jamin take the obvious action go book the tickets now now the doing part of me goes but hang on a minute there's a bunch of other structure that hasn't happened yet there's some things that haven't dropped into place i don't have enough detail there are thir- certain conditions i need to satisfy there is there's doing to happen before i can make this trip a reality um, but it's actually already a reality when i focus on what i want and when i trust my nature to achieve it so i take the obvious action and book the tickets and now I'm on my way. Now I'm taking my son. Now I'm going to Guatemala. Now I'm connecting with some extraordinary people in the US. It's actually come into being, not by waiting and doing, but by taking the obvious action. 
this one was a real paradox for me and took me a while to, to get my head around because it seems like they're both the same thing but there is never anything to do always action to take nothing to prove and defend plenty to do I mean plenty of action to take plenty of things that will have to happen but they're not because you have to earn your way or prove your way you just do the the obvious action in line with the goals that you want the things you expect to receive the fifth secret structure has integrity something's structure dictates its behavior and its behavior dictates its experience in creative terms what your attention is focused on forms the underlying structure of your consciousness the motivations behind what you do in life reveal your true focus uh, to be honest i don't really understand that one i'm sure it's incredible sorry william um can you william if you're listening can you reach out and explain that one a bit better the sixth secret you get your energy from a higher source i do understand this one as a human being you have a tendency to develop fixed concepts about what is in your highest good and where it is supposed to come from the key to magic is developing the ability to let go of your fixed concepts and open up to the true source of your energy this really relates to the power and grace tattoos i've got on my shins and that's how life works for me too understand how extraordinarily powerful i am to not for a moment doubt my capacity to have all that i want but it's to also understand my place in the cosmos as a small part a insignificant part Uh, and that openness that grace that realization that but for the grace of god go i if oxygen were not surrounding me right now i i couldn't i'm not powerful enough to sustain my own being i cannot survive without food without air without water without connection with without the life that is all around me and so when i lose sight of that i drop out of magic when i stay open to that when i stay reverent humble present then everything is a source of magic everything is a source of wonder and awe and the only way of describing it is magic to look outside and just to take a moment to examine the brilliance and the majesty of all creation of all humans like and i I don't know many i haven't heard anyone else say this but i i'll see a cityscape and Often it's described as uh, <clears throat> and the seventh secret it takes will ultimately your higher source of energy is your own heart yet the paradox is that you are conditioned to protect your heart a behavior modified by fear your fears are communicated to you by your thoughts and feelings there can be no sustainable change in your experience of life unless you have the will to choose following your heart over resolving your thoughts and feelings resolving your thoughts and feelings your thoughts and feelings are going to create such tension such discomfort such need for you to escape from some part of your reality to get out of discomfort and ease the tension but if you can understand your thoughts and feelings aren't real and in an act of will in an act of resistance in an act of defiance not listen to that source of truth but to find the higher truth which is that you are okay your nature is fine and you have the capacity to be the person you desire to be that takes will it takes will a hundred times a day there are 
multitudes of, of opportunities for you to drop out of that and to go back into thinking thoughts and feelings are real that you can't have what you want there is something wrong with you that life is unfair that you won't ever experience the life you desire this is a brilliant book you can find it in all good book stores i'm sure thanks william for writing it and thanks everyone for listening in this year thanks for all your comments and emails and uh I really feel like I'm speaking to a community of people every time I get behind this microphone, share my experiences. So let's keep doing more of that next year. Hope you have a wonderful break over Christmas, spend some time with friends and family, be recharged, uh, have an opportunity to be alone with yourself and reflect on who you are and where you're going and what's important to you. I'm just off for four days now on a writing retreat down the South Coast to dive into the fiction book that I'm writing that I've begun already. So that's a really, uh, I'm really looking forward to that and exciting evolution in my work as a writer. So stay tuned for more about that book coming out. Well, who knows? Who knows how long it takes to write a book? I've often underestimated the time, but I'm in the game writing the stuff. And I'll talk to you again in the new year.